resignation. The one sentence deals with the resignation and the other one deals with the, I wish you all the best in your future endeavors. So what epic ways of resigning have you seen or have you heard? Um, and perhaps maybe you are one of those people who also did a with immediate effect. 0614-104-107 and your tweets at Aldrin Simpier. This is Aldrin Simpier on Beyond the Headline. It is 17 minutes now before uh, 4 o'clock and we're in conversation next with the Minister of Sports, Arts and Culture, uh, Zizu Koto, who's joining us on the line. So the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture uh, visited the University of the West, Western Cape as the women's football team has just been crowned the winners of the Varsity Cup 2023. Um, the minister will be accompanied or was accompanied by Banyana Banyana Stars, who are UWC alumni. Earlier this week, the minister attended the launch of the Cricket Essays Professional Women's League. Earlier this month, again, the ministry hosted a breakfast to celebrate the achievements of the national women's netball and soccer teams at their respective World Cups to unpack how the department will invest in the development of women's sports. We are now joined by the Minister of Sports, Arts and Culture, Azizu Kota. Minister, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Thanks uh, very much and good afternoon to you, Simpo, and your listeners. By the way, Minister, I'm joined by Dumin Kapele, one of our anchors, sports anchors here at the SABC, but now on Beyond the Headline. Dumi, say hi to the Minister. Hi, Minister. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm good. How are you, Dumi? I'm well, thank you. I just Wonderful. had to make sure, Minister, that I also get involved in this important conversation, considering that it has to do with professionalizing um, women's sports, but also the investment that is required. But first of all, let's start off with celebrating um, the UWC team. Well, some people, you would know that when we announced the Banyana Banyana squad that went to New Zealand to represent us as a country, the, the team was mainly made of two teams. It was Sundowns, we had about 10 players, and yet the University of Western Cape. Not because I'm a former student in the University of Western Cape, but they are very good when it comes to women in football, I mean, women's sport. And I think we came here to celebrate about six players who were part of Banyana Banyana. Uh, uh, coming from University of Western Cape. And it was good to see, when we talk about school sports system, uh, this is where I think, as a country, we can learn from, because they've got a very good school sport policy uh, in the University of Western Cape. And, and as we are preparing to convene a school sport in Daba soon, nationally, I think there are certain lessons that the University of Western Cape can offer us as a country. Because it does speak to the feeder as well. A lot of people speak about um, what happens at a grassroots level, what happens in schools, because even before they get to university, they first go through that specific phase. And what sort of investments um, should we be seeing coming from government, but also the private sector, when it comes to sports at a grassroots level, even before we speak about universities, even before we speak about professional leagues? One of our, I think, the, the, the disconnection and the failure at the moment, from a policy point of view, we do not have a very good foundation of school sport because that is where it must start. If you see the performance of some of our national teams, you can see that we don't have a, uh, a feeder, as you refer to it. And therefore, the focus on school sport, when I went to New Zealand, I saw why New Zealand is good on many other sporting codes. It's because they've got a very good school sport system. It's still rapid. If you see some of the uh, regions like Poland, uh, I, I visited Poland to see why some of the younger players like Kertli Arense coming from Poland, you realize that rugby has got a very good sport system, school sports system. And therefore that feeder and the foundation, that's where we must focus 
And I think over a period of time of uh, five to ten years as a country, we will perform better in all national sporting codes if we are to have a very firm and a clear school sport system at the level. And Minister, I mean, just looking at um, the plans that you're hoping to see being rolled out in the country as a whole in terms of developing sports and having that uh, school sports in every school or most schools in uh, the different provinces that we're having, one of the major problems that's out there is the facilities. And you get to see some stadiums that can also be used in terms of helping the kids that are perhaps from um, previously disadvantaged areas uh, to use those stadiums uh, to have facilities where they can actually play sports. Is that one of the plans that you have? There are certain things you must get right to me, uh, get basics right. You know, each municipality, in terms of municipal infrastructure grant, there's a certain portion each municipality gets out of that percentage that it must go to sport infrastructure. Mm. Most municipalities don't even use that money for infrastructure. They use it for salaries, for water, and many other things which are not related to sport. We must get that right. We must reinvent that percentage. In other words, if we were using that percentage in all municipalities, we shouldn't be talking about infrastructure because it has been provided for, in terms of budget, for years. Mm. You're right to the point you're making. And yet, you've got some of the raw talent you have from areas with no infrastructure. You have Pumzamaweni coming from a place called Kala in the Eastern Cape. No infrastructure at all. Best, uh, best netballer you have had. We're now building netball courts where she comes from, the school she went to, Ekala. There may be many other areas where we think that municipalities in rural sport infrastructure, we must make sure that we give them access to sport where the areas is no infrastructure. We think as a country we owe those areas, but I think the investment, I agree with you, it must go to infrastructure. But that infrastructure, it must make sure that is used by schools. It must be linked to school sport instead of being a separate entity or a white elephant that is built in the community and not linked to any system. So how are you planning on holding these municipalities uh, accountable to make sure that that portion of the money goes to these infrastructures? I've already had some bilaterals with my counterparts, the Minister of Finance, the Minister of Cocta, uh, uh, to say these are the issues. Why we don't have infrastructure in municipalities and yet in terms of the MIG that goes to each municipality, this money is not used for what it's meant for. We will have part of Indaba. Uh, the minister will announce, Minister of Culture as well as Minister of Finance, will announce how do we reinvent that money in municipalities so that it's not used for anything else except what is meant for, which is uh, sport infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, on Twitter, Minister Nkosimpeche says that uh, to the minister in rural areas where there is a playground now are being replaced by malls. So this is, I guess, part of the investment that will go into rural areas. But he's saying that um, the grounds are being replaced by malls. So where is the development if there are no facilities? I think that any development in any area, whether in a rural area or if it's not linked to any system, such as school sports system or federation, it remains a hollow ground. That, that field, that sports ground, it remains, if it's unused, somebody else can use it for something, another purpose. It's important that when you build an infrastructure in a locality, in a municipality, in a village, it's usable. In other words, people don't just build an infrastructure and it depends whoever is available. It's linked to a system of sport or a federation in that particular area. So in those areas, you do find 
situation such as that in Bjork. Um, quickly, Minister, the pay parity, big one. Uh, at least there have been some development now with um, women in cricket. The other issue is permanent contracts, where you find that some women, especially in some sports, uh, I think we were speaking about soccer even the other day, mm. where you find that women can't resign from the work um, because they don't have any permanent contracts with the, with the leagues and the leagues haven't been professionalized. How are you dealing with that one, but also the issue around um, pay parity? Uh, one of the embarrassing situations where you can see the impact of, uh, of not having a professional league in Peru. Not so long ago, I hosted a breakfast of Banyana Banyana and Spa Proteas. Just before the end of the breakfast, the room was getting emptier. And I was asking where, why people are living one by one. Someone says they are rushing to work. These are professional uh, players who performed and I think they showcased uh, the best performance at the international stage. They must rush to work. So when we say professionalize, we mean exactly they must focus uh, in terms of the game. And we hope that the lessons from Cricket South Africa, which I must applaud them, that when I met with them early this year, after our appointment, they did it within uh, six months. They said it's going to do it in three years. They did it within six months. It's a function of leadership. What has been lacking in South Africa in terms of, of football is a, is a lack of leadership and a political will. If you have a leadership and a political will, we should have not be talking about issues of parity in 2023. We shouldn't be talking about issues of gender equality. We shouldn't be talking about issues of um, uh, the, in relation to professional leagues. Those issues should have happened long time ago. I think there are lessons that are provided by Cricket South Africa because the roads that grew from the concrete, like Banyana Banyana, against all odds, they performed. They showed that although we are not coming from a, we don't have a professional league, but we've got a talent in South Africa. It is that talent. We must professionalize, have permanent contract with them so that we don't have them uh, uh, like we have uh, when I had the breakfast. They had to rush to work because they've got other peace jobs to do and they are not focusing on the professional uh, football. I mean, Minister, obviously we don't want, uh, you know, there to be a lot of politics in sport, but just talking about the same thing that uh, we're talking now and obviously big ups to Cricket South Africa fast-tracking their professional league. Do you have any grounds as a minister to try to help federations fast-track the process of having uh, a professional league? When the 20 women cricket uh, went to the final, as we're celebrating them, uh, we made a commitment of 5 million as a feeder uh, to plant a seed for the, for the, for the establishment of, of the professional league. We did the same, which was this year. We did the same in 2018 to me. Uh, since 2018, we made a commitment to the Federation, uh, South African uh, Football Federation to say, we'll make this amount of contribution over a period of time of three years for you to professionalize women in sports. We are now in 2023. Unfortunately, nothing has happened. We'll make sure on our part that those things happen um, without any delay, but we'll continue, we'll, we'll continue to engage uh, with all the federations, particularly with football, because we think that SAFA has got a role to play, and yeah. I think, like I said, it's a, it's a function of leadership that is required at the moment to me. Thank you so much for your time. That's the Minister of Sports, Arts and Culture, Zizi Koto.